0: Is the Buffalo Bills middle linebacker situation a fatal flaw? How do the Bills issues compare to other top competition within the AFC? What about Dalvin Cook and Zeke Elliott now part of the division? We've got a bunch to get to today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Well, folks, as usual, I'm very excited for our conversation today. What I want to do is really consider this issue that the Bills have at middle linebacker and bring up perhaps some of the other challenges that this roster faces right now. Talk about them briefly, but then I want to talk about the other teams within the AFC East and the other top contenders within the AFC, which I still identify as the Kansas city chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals and shed to light their issues, because I think we get so concentrated on what's going on with the Buffalo bills and we should, but we have to have an awareness to the rest of the NFL so that we can know what's normal and be able to truly compare and be mindful of how you stack up against the rest of the competition. And I like to think that that's one of the advantages that I have as a podcaster is not only am I fully into the weeds with the Buffalo Bills every day, but I'm fully into the weeds with the entire NFL every single day. I do a national podcast with Kyle Krabs, called Locked On NFL Scouting, and we cover everything. And so I have this knowledge that I've acquired through studying the league for a long time that positions me well to talk about what's going on across the league and compare it to the Bills and. That way we can have the right context and right uh, calibrated thoughts, if you will, on the Buffalo Bills. So I want to do that here today, and then we'll finish off with my thoughts on Zeke Elliott and Dalvin Cook coming into the AFC East. I have some opinions on those matters, and I've seen a lot of opinions on those matters, and so I want to chime in here today through the lens of the Buffalo Bills. Real quick, if you're joining us on YouTube, you can tell that I'm not in my normal setup. I'm still out here in the... North Carolina mountains, uh, having a great time with family, beautiful mountain home, and, um, took advantage of this week to be able to get out here and recording remotely. So if things look a little different, that's cause they are. And I'm, uh, out here in Western North Carolina. All right, let's talk about the bills issues, if you will. And I, I guess you would look at the Buffalo bills and if you're trying to poke holes in the construction of their roster, perhaps there's two places that you can point your finger. One of them is a big maybe for me, and I'm not totally convinced that this is a major issue, and it's offensive tackle depth. Maybe it's an issue with the retirement of Brandon Shell, but I think you have a really quality starter in Deion Dawkins on the left side. You've got Spencer Brown, big year for him, a lot of good momentum. He's healthy. He's extremely physically gifted. He's been part of the team now for going into his third season. There's enough reason to believe that he can really take a major step forward and feel like you have a sufficient starter on the right side, and maybe even an above-average starter on the right side. So you have those two starters, and behind them you have David Questenbury and Ryan Van DeMarc and Tommy Doyle and Richard Garage. And between them, I think you have at least two reasonable backups. David Questenbury, I know that he's not a fan favorite. He certainly struggled when he played last year, but He's one of those serviceable utility offensive linemen that exists in the NFL that can help you get by a game or a short stretch of games if your starter's out. And then you have a couple of really toolsy developmental guys in Ryan Van demark and Tommy Doyle that intrigue me quite a bit. You've also got Richard Garage, who is a UDFA out of Florida, and Ryan Bates, who can also play tackle. So I don't know. Like, do the Bills have the best tackle depth in the NFL? No. Is it at least average? Yes, I would say so. So I don't know that I would look at that as a fatal flaw. Now, if I were to look at an area on the roster, that is a big issue. It's middle linebacker. We've been through this. I talked about middle linebacker ever since the Bills lost Tremaine Edmonds to the Chicago Bears in free agency. And I previewed all the players in the draft. We talked about all the available players that the Bills could sign in free agency. And the Bills pretty much chose to do nothing at the position and roll with Tyrell Dotson slash Terrell Bernard slash Bale inspector slash AJ Klein. And then you drafted Dorian Williams. Who's not actually at this point in time, getting a real opportunity at middle linebacker. And so I've been concerned about middle linebacker for a long time. It's not a new discussion for us on this podcast in any way, shape or form, but here we are. We're a few weeks away from the Bills starting the regular season. And I don't think anybody's feeling any better about the status of this middle linebacker situation. And so I want to spend some time here just talking about it and just asking ourselves the question, how big of an issue is this? Is this a fatal flaw, right? Every team in the NFL has issues, things that aren't perfect on their roster. But you have to ask yourself, is it passable? Can you get by? Is it going to be the reason you don't achieve your goals? And that's why I'm excited in the next segment to really compare this big issue that the Bills potentially have at middle linebacker to what these other teams are sitting back and thinking what these other fan bases are sitting back thinking, wow, this could be our problem this year. This could be our real issue with our roster. That's going to prevent us from reaching our goals. So we've identified middle linebacker and and presumably it's going to be Tyrell Dotson as the starter, Tyrell Bernard's the third round pick from 2022. And he's got this hamstring injury. He's expected to miss some time and obviously it doesn't position him well. To win this job and so all indicators are telling us that it's going to be Tyrell Dotson and so what does Tyrell Dotson bring to the table real quick he's a guy that excels or is at his best okay I wouldn't say excels he's at his best playing downhill being physical uh, defending the run and working in condensed areas where he really lacks is coverage right he's not a good man coverage player he's not a good zone coverage player And he's fairly limited when it comes to range, right? He's not a guy that's really going to be a threat to go sideline to sideline and make plays outside the numbers and that type of stuff. He's got his own limitations, but he's been around. He's been part of this mix since 2019 as a UDFA. The Bills have stuck with him through some adversity and he's around and he's right now positioned to be this team's middle linebacker. And when you compare him to Tremaine Edmonds, they're very, very different players. You know, for Tremaine Edmonds, I don't know that Tremaine was a great downhill run defender, but he was probably average, and I think that's about where Tyrell Dotson is. Now, Tremaine doesn't give you a ton of man coverage upside, but he does give you very, 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 very good zone coverage ability. And so that, in addition to the time on task, the physical makeup, the athleticism, you know, Tremaine is just a, a significantly better option. But there, the big the big reality to me here is just how different Tremaine is from Tyrell Dotson to the messaging that we've received from Brandon Bean and Bobby Babich about the style of linebacker that they want in that spot. They've told us that ideally you would have two matchup linebackers, guys that can win in man coverage, guys that can line up over the top of slot receivers and not be a complete liability and mismatch for your defense and how you can cover. And Tyrell Dotson, in no way, shape, or form, represents a better option than Tremaine Emmons Ed- in that capacity. In fact, Anything that you were concerned about with Tremaine Edmonds being able to flip his hips and carry and turn and run and be a matchup linebacker, they're way worse with Tyrell Dotson. So how do you get around this? Well, I think it's going to be a big job for Sean McDermott to scheme around this. And on rundowns, I don't have as much of a concern. On passing downs, I do have a concern. And so on obvious long and late downs, third and longs, second and longs, is this when you start to lean into more dime packages which means one linebacker on the field and you would probably swap out Tyrell Dotson and put in um, a Taylor Rapp or something like that you know that do you do that is that your your workaround for uh, not having a great coverage player in the middle of the field whether it's zone or man I think that's probably one very obvious thing that you can do uh, to get around that you can also lean into some blitzing and you can send Tyrell Dotson or whoever the middle linebacker is and uh, take them out of the coverage equation, and hopefully they can blitz and heat up the quarterback and force throws to come out quicker than that quarterback wants it to. So I think that's kind of your workaround. That's what you're going to lean into if you don't have a good coverage player, which is likely the case with the Buffalo Bills in 2023. Now, I've heard a lot of different ideas about, okay, well, are the Bills going to bring in a player? I think the biggest challenge that I have with this entire conversation is that I don't think that the Bills perceive this the same way that I do. I'd love for the Bills to go sign an Anthony Barr or Jermaine Carter or Rashawn Evans, and I'd love to, for them to have done that several months ago. I would have loved for them to have done something much more meaningful at some point much sooner than right now. The reality is I don't think they're going to, and so I think they're going to predictively stick with these options. They've had opportunities to sign other players. They've had opportunities to make other transactions and they haven't. And that's telling us that there is some level of contentment that they can move forward with this mix of players at middle linebacker. And it's going to be fine. I think that's a miscalculation, but that's what they're telling us. So one of the most natural questions that I get, and I understand the question I'm getting it in the subtext and, you know, seeing it on the YouTube comments. Well, can the bills bring in a player to help with this? They can, but do they think this is the same issue that I do? I don't think that they do. And so that's why I'm not expecting there to be an outside option brought in. Now, to me, the big X factor with this entire conversation is Dorian Williams. And he was drafted, and initially he started off as an outside linebacker per Brandon Bean. And then coming out of rookie camp and into OTAs, he was moved to middle linebacker. And then entering training camp, he's playing exclusively outside. Now, Eric Washington recently in a press conference and Eric Washington's the Bills defensive line coach and assistant head coach. He said that it's a fluid situation, right? And so maybe there is a chance that Dorian Williams is now getting reps at middle linebacker, which would make me very happy because right now I, I I feel like there's at least something about him that intrigues me in ways that I don't have any intrigue from Dotson or Bernard or these other players. Um, I think he's got his own concerns as a rookie and a big stage to step into all that. I certainly get it, but I mean, what we saw, at least in that preseason game, how active he was, the angles, the tackling, the athleticism, to me, I'd rather just lean into that and see what happens. Um, So he's the X factor. He's the internal X factor that the Bills could look at. But the reality is, I think this is your issue with the Buffalo Bills. This is the spot on your roster that say, wow, it's just not, not where you want it to be. It's a, and it stands out because the rest of the roster is so good, right? I don't really have a lot of concerns about any other spot. And so therefore this really stands up. It stands out and it garners a lot of conversation. And I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, people, a lot of people don't even look at linebacker as a premium position. There's a lot of people that say, you don't, don't even draft linebackers in the first round. It's not a premium position. They treat them like the running backs. And so I guess there's a piece of me that says, well, if it's, a lower tier position of value. I guess it's, if you're going to have a spot where you have an issue, this is a spot that makes a lot of sense. Now I want a very complete thorough roster. I want to have good options at every single position. Uh, I see a lot of value in having a a top tier middle linebacker, or at least a sufficient starter, right? I get that. Um, But I guess if there is a spot where you wanted to make some concessions, you'd probably look at positions like linebacker or guard or running back, or safety right? as the non-premium positions to get by. And I think that's where the Bills are right now. And what's fun is next on this podcast, we're going to talk about where other teams are right now and what issues they're willing to try to navigate the season with because it's impossible to have everything perfect on your roster. So we're going to talk about the AFC East and other top contenders in the AFC right after a quick word from Nutrafol. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. So take the first step to getting visibly thicker, healthier hair by checking out Nutrafol. And for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code NFL. You can find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men, and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's NutraFall.com slash men, promo code LOCKEDONNFL. All right, we talked about the Bills issue. It's middle linebacker, maybe offensive tackle depth. Maybe. But definitely middle linebacker. Well, what are the issues that the AFC East is facing? What about the Bengals and Chiefs? Let's do it. Let's talk about it. We'll start with the Miami Dolphins. And I've said I think the Miami Dolphins are the biggest threat to the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East in 2023. And I think they've got three spots that are of notable concern. Left guard, right tackle, and tight end. Those are positions that if I was a Dolphins fan, I would look at that roster and say, you know what? Not good enough. Not sure we have a legitimate starter. At left guard, they're trying to make it work with Liam Eikenberg, who has just been a flop as a draft pick in the second round. He hasn't been an answer for them. They signed Isaiah Wynn, who has played left tackle and right guard or excuse me, left tackle and right tackle in the NFL, never left guard. I think he can probably do it, but he's had injury issues and uh, is settling into a completely different scheme and a completely different position than he's ever played. That's a huge concern. At right tackle, Austin Jackson has been a complete disaster for them since he was drafted in the first round in 2020. And what options do they have behind him? Kendall Lamb, Jeron Christian, Cedric Oblehy? These are not good players. And so they're trying to make it work at two positions on their offensive line. Not to mention tight end, where I think they got a bunch of backup tight ends and no real starter. Durham Smythe, Eric Sauber, Tyler Croft. These are number two tight ends. Some of them number three. So I don't think they have an NFL starting caliber tight end, an NFL starting caliber right tackle, and maybe at left guard if Isaiah Wynn can stay healthy and adjust to what's going on in Miami. Those are pretty notable concerns. Remember, the Bills, middle linebacker. Middle linebacker. That's the big concern. How about the Jets? Everyone's all high on the Jets. They're the darlings of the NFL. They're on hard knocks. Everybody's picking them to win the Super Bowl. How about this offensive line? Questions everywhere on this offensive line. An offensive tackle. Is it going to be Billy Turner at left tackle? Carter Warren, a fourth round draft pick, a rookie out of pit? Dwayne Brown's on the pup list and he's like 40 years old. At right tackle, can Mikai Becton? Can he get it together? A 2020 first round pick that's been a disaster for them. Always hurt availability issues, commitment issues. At the role with Max Mitchell, a fourth rounder from 2022 that's coming off his own injury. I mean, your tackle situation is is a mess. And then on the interior, Elijah Vera Tucker, good player coming back from injury. Connor McGovern, they've tried to replace him for a number of years. Is Joe Tipman ready? Lakin Tomlinson. Wasn't a great free agent signing. I've talked to Jets fans. They're very disappointed in him. So you have question marks at literally all five spots on your offensive line with huge question marks at tackle. Again, the Bills issue is middle linebacker. How about the Patriots? If I'm a Patriots fan, I look at my roster and I say, do do we have enough dynamic talent to really make a playoff run? Are we an eight, nine win team at best? Is Mac Jones good enough quarterback? I don't feel super burdened to go in-depth here with the Patriots, but from a roster perspective, they've got the fourth-best roster in the AFC East, and it's not particularly close. Now, I think their their coaching staff gives them a floor as a football team to win like at least seven games, but when it comes to dynamic football players, they are falling way behind. I mean, I like Kyle Duggar. I like Matthew Judon. I like Christian Barmore, Josh Uche, Michael Unwainu. Maybe Ramondre Steve, What does that team really have? Are you staying up late at night worried about dealing with the Patriots personnel? I mean, they haven't looked competitive in a game against the Bills in four years. Unless you want to put together that hurricane game as a game where they were competitive, actually somehow won the game. I mean, if you're the Patriots, I just don't know if your roster is good enough. Meanwhile, you're in your third coordinator in three years for Mac Jones. Three seasons in the NFL, three different coordinators. Talk about how you fail a quarterback. Patriots, just not a good enough roster. Now, a good enough roster to win seven, eight, or nine games, is, but is that what anyone's interested in? Sounds like the mid-2000s bills, or mid-2010s bills, if you will. How about the Chiefs? Super Bowl champions, what are their issues? Well, I I understand that they get the benefit of the doubt, right? They're the Super Bowl champions. They were able to do it with a bunch of rookies on defense and no Tyreek Hill on offense, right? You get the benefit of the doubt. So I I acknowledge that. But I would look at two spots for for the Chiefs, one of them being wide receiver, one of them being defensive line. And I'd have questions if I were a fan. And I know that Pat Mahomes made it work without Tyreek Hill. I get it. But do they have a number one receiver? I know it's Travis Kelsey. That's who the the passing game funnels through. But at wide receiver, who's their guy? Kadarius Toney? Has he ever been healthy? Sky Moore? Did he do anything last year? He's a second-round pick. Is is he going to suddenly become this high-volume producer for this offense? Marquez Valdez-Scantling, we know he's like a wide receiver 3-4 in the NFL ideally. Rasheed Rice is a second-round pick. I mean plenty to be concerned about with that wide receiver core. I know that Pat Mahomes made it work last year. He also had Juju Smith-Schuster, who's now a Patriot, and the defensive line. Chris Jones holding out right now. I'm sure that'll get resolved at some point. But what do they have next to him at defensive tackle? Derek Nottie? Tershawn Wharton? Those are rotational backup caliber players. And then on the edge, they're relying on completely young players. And George Karloftis, Felix sanaduki Uzoma. Those guys had to play a big role for them as recent first round picks. Mike Dana is a nice rotational player, but I feel like if I was a chiefs fan, objectively, I would think that I have questions about my D line questions about my wide receivers. Again, the bills linebacker, one player, middle linebacker. And the last team I want to get to is the Bengals. I think the Bengals roster is really, really good. But right now, Joe Burrow's got a calf strain. He's not practicing, but the big question is their secondary. Everything in their secondary is very different versus last year. Their safety tandem of Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Those guys both went to the NFC South. They replaced him with Dax Hill, who was a first round pick. Hopefully for them, he could step in and be an answer. Nick Scott, they signed him from the the Rams, who was an okay starter for the Rams. So you have a completely new safety tandem. Jadobia Wuze coming back from injury. We've watched a corner come back from injury and in Trey White and takes a little time. Who knows what that looks like for Chidobe Wouzier. I like Cam Taylor-Britt. I like Mike Hilton, but if you look at this secondary and say there's five spots outside of Mike Hilton, what, what do you actually know what you have? I mean, even Cam Taylor-Britt going into year two, what does that look like? So they got options, but we've never seen this come together. It's fair to say that if you're a Bengals fan right now, you're probably concerned about your secondary situation and how it looks with everybody being new. So as you sit there and you have a level of concern about the Bills and middle linebacker, be mindful that there's other. every team, every team has its issues, every single one. And I wanted to just kind of focus in on the AFC East and the Chiefs and the Bengals because I thought that was the most relevant for the Bills, but I can go any team. I can go all 32 teams and we can have this conversation and be honest about it, and you'd realize that, you know what, maybe having one spot at middle linebacker that's a question – might not be so bad and there's ways to get around it and if they really wanted to they can either try out dorian williams or sign one of these outside guys and try to make it happen so it's a it's a concern but is it a fatal flaw like a fatal flaw where because tyrell dodson's your starting middle linebacker you can't achieve your goals this year i don't know that i can get myself to take it to that level despite the amount of concern i've discussed really throughout the last six months on This podcast. All right, folks, Dalvin Cook is now a jet. Zeke Elliott is a patriot. I want to give you my thoughts on that right after a very quick break. Welcome back, folks. Looking forward to sharing some opinions with you here on a couple of big running backs that came to the division. Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott. But I do want to remind you and invite you to join the Locked On Bills Subtext community. Check it out. There is a link in today's show notes that you can click on and join. And here's what you get. It's a subtext community, so you get one-on-one text messaging with me. So I can be a text message away, direct line to me. We can talk Bills football whenever you want to. Love that. I send out regular mass text messages with thoughts, updates on the show, usually every day, just about every day. Uh, I give you my first reaction to all Bills news. So when Brandon Shell retired uh, earlier this week, my first reaction went to the subtext community. You get herd mentality priority. So much cool stuff. Check it out. A link to join in today's show notes the Locked On Bills subtext community. All right, Dalvin Cook, he's a Jet. Zeke Elliott's a Patriot. Let's talk about it. Let me tell you how I feel about these two moves. And one of them I like much more than the other. We'll start with the move I don't like as much, Dalvin Cook to the Jets. And I feel like this signing has put fans and analysts into another dimension in this Jets hype that I think is warranted, but also not to the extreme. The Jets are going to be a good football team. They were a great defense last year, and their issue was quarterback, and they added Aaron Rodgers, right? They're going to be a good football team. I think they're going to win 10, 11 games. Okay. But I'm not looking at Dalvin Cook as this big, huge needle mover that takes this to a, a, an extreme, another dimension and level. I'm not that high on Dalvin Cook. He struggled last year. He was not as effective as he's been in years past. I watched his tape. You look at some of the analytics with him, his EPA per rush, his rushing yards over expectation, bottom of the league. He looked very, very ordinary last year for the Minnesota Vikings behind a well-established offensive line, behind a, a team that won th- – how many games did they won like 14 games last year? Kirk Cousins, very productive. Justin Jefferson, very productive. He looked like a very ordinary running back to me last year. And I was going to the Jets. And not only does he, Dalvin Cook, have shoulder issues. He's had shoulder issues for a long time. He's not even healthy right now. He can't practice till next week because he's still working through shoulder issues that pop up all the time. He's an aging running back. But we just talked about it. This this offensive line has questions everywhere, especially at offensive tackle. And everything is new. New scheme, new O-line, new players around him at skill players. You think Dalvin Cook is positioned to just step into this situation with the Jets and become this world-class running back once again? I don't know that that's going to be the case, and they paid him a decent amount of money to come be this running back. I don't really look at Dalvin Cook as a needle mover. And I said that before he signed with the Jets, so if you think I'm just this Bills guy talking down on the Jets, I've said that since Dalvin Cook became available. So I don't know. Like, if you want to be hyped up on the Jets, okay, that's fine. But the addition of Dalvin Cook isn't isn't the move that really cranks it up for me, at least. Now, a move that I like a lot better is Zeke Elliott to the New England Patriots. I think it's a much better move. I'm way less concerned with injuries. There's way less money. And it's a pretty specialized role for Zeke Elliott with the New England Patriots. We know what Zeke can do. He can bang the football between the tackles with good vision and balance, good competitive, tough runner, and he's one of the best pass-blocking backs in the entire NFL. And I could really appreciate what the Patriots are doing here. They're leaning into their identity. Whether or not I agree with their identity is one thing, but with the type of football team that they want to be, Zeke Elliott helps them be that. They're going to run the football. And one of the biggest issues that Mac Jones has had is blitzes, right? Blitzes from depth and being able to find his answers and make quick, good decisions. Well, they just got the best pass blocking back in the league, or one of the best five pass blocking backs in the league. That will help them, and that allow Ramondre Stevenson to have a little less on his plate. He's the more dynamic player. He's a good pass catcher, inside-outside runner, big physical dude. And now you really have this identity with Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke Elliott as your one-two punch at running back that allows you to be the type of football team that you want to be. And Zeke has been dependable and in a specialized role. I think he can really, really help them. And so I like everything about this move for the Patriots more than I like Cook to the Jets. And looking at the depth on the Patriots' depth chart for running back it's stevenson and, and elliot one and two but then it's this very unproven group of of young players that i kind of like but they're unproven pierre strong kevin harris i mean ty montgomery what has he actually done in the nfl he's kind of just a guy to me but this allows those guys to stay lower on the depth chart players that you have to rely on less and again allows you i think to have your best chance to be the type of offensive football team that you want to be and so i like zeke to the Patriots a lot more than I like Dalvin Cook to the Jets. So I hope you found this conversation insightful, where however you feel about this Bills middle linebacker situation, I hope that adding the context of some of the biggest threats to the Bills this year allowed you to ease a little bit and, and process this and have the right perspective on how much it actually will impact the results of the 2023 season. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today. I hope that you will take a moment to make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. We'd love it. And I mean, I would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.